0: Hello, God Squad Church. It is another beautiful, amazing, wonderful, contagious Saturday. Uh, I'm so excited to be back with you again on another Saturday service. Thank you so much for being here. It means the world to me. I do not count it uh, at a loss that you chose to spend your Saturday here at God Squad Church with us. Um, And now I can just call you family. So welcome to the family and I appreciate you guys being here. Uh, today I have a, a a message in my heart that I really, really um, I hope it speaks to you, and I hope that uh, that it, it changes some of the fabric of how you understand and perceive God. And uh, yeah, so let's crack right into it by starting off with some prayer and asking God to just do what only He can do. So let's pray. Jesus, we are so thankful for Your goodness. We're thankful. That you've given us fresh breath in our lungs this morning, this afternoon, this evening, depending on where you live. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would move in this service, that you would get the glory, that, Father, you would be honored. God, I pray that hearts would be softened to hear what you have for them. That those that are far from you would be drawn near. And that, Father, that we could become more like you today. In Jesus' mighty, beautiful name. And everybody said amen. Let's get some amens in the chat. Let's get some amens in the chat. Well, I appreciate you guys being here. Like I said, today we're going to crack open the good old word of God. And we're going to turn to 1 Peter 1. And we're going to be reading through the different scriptures at different times and breaking this up as I preach. But I love to just be able to give it to you as a chunk first, because I just really feel like that gives you a whole picture. And I don't know, that's what I like to do. So that's what we're going to do. So 1 Peter uh, 1, 13 through 25, and this is in the CSB version. Um, that is my preferred version these days. So let's read on through this. Therefore, with your minds ready for action be sober-minded and set your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Verse 14 says, as obedient children, do not be conformed to the desires of your former ignorance. But as the one who called you as holy, you are also to be holy in all your conduct.
1: Verse 16 says, For it is written, Be holy because I am holy. Oh no, I lost my spot. Help chat. I found it. Be holy because I am holy.
0: If you appeal to the Father who judges impartially according to each one's work, you are to conduct yourself yourselves in reverence during your time Living as strangers, For you know that you were redeemed from your empty way of life, inherited from your ancestors, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ. Like that of an unblemished and spotless lamb, He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for you. And through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead. And gave him glory so that your faith and your hope are in God. Since you purified yourselves by your obedience to the truth. So that you show sincere brotherly love for each other. From a pure heart. Love one another. Constantly. Because you have been born again. Not of perishable seed. But of imperishable. Through the living and enduring word of God. For. All flesh is like grass, and all its glory like a flower of the grass. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this word is the gospel that was proclaimed to you a lot of scripture. We're going to be breaking it down as we go on today. And I love to be able to read chunks of scripture like that though, because it gives us a whole picture of what was trying to be communicated. And this specific scripture was a letter that was actually written, um, technically not by Peter, but it was his words and someone else was scribing it for him. And he was basically making what is called a a letter of circulation is, is what I'm going to use for the terminology here. It was a circulatory letter. It was meant to circulate to different churches that were in the area. And specifically, it was for those that were Gentiles that were uh, really just not a part of the Jewish belief system. And that's what this specific letter was for. And so he was really laying out a lot of things in it to be able to help them understand, you know, where they fit kind of into the picture of this whole thing. And he gets more into that in 1 Peter 2. But right now he's laying in kind of the person that God called them to be and what it looks like to live in the fullness of that. And so as we jump in today, one of the things that I want to break, I guess, or fractalize the idea of is that holiness is not achieved by trying harder. Holiness is not achieved by trying harder. Now, when I was a kid and I, <laughs> it's probably still today, but when I was a kid or, you know, you see sometimes like on, on movies or whatever else, you know, you'll see like the, the dad come over and be like, you know, let's that's not exactly how that's done, Johnny. Uh, you, need to, you need to put a little bit more uh, elbow into it with the baseball bat, you know, to make the ball. Like, for me, I'm thinking of like video games. You know, we always had those like older brother type siblings. Um, you know, those, those people that kind of like sunned us, so to say. And they would come over and they would grab a hold of the controller and be like, oh, this is how it's done. And I remember being a little kid and getting frustrated. You know, I'd be stuck on a level and I specifically can remember playing the Lion King, I want to say for the Sega Genesis. I think it was either for Sega or it was like, it was like, it was either Sega or Nintendo. I cannot remember, but I can specifically remember that the Lion King's theme song in the background and I'm playing through this game and I have no idea what I'm doing. I literally don't know. And so I don't think I made it off the first or second level. I was a little, little kid. And then I remember uh, my older friend coming over and he's just like. Hey, man, like, he's just going to be getting frustrated. And I'm a pretty passionate guy. I've always been a pretty passionate kid. And, like, I wasn't whiny, but I was just frustrated. So I'm looking at the thing. I'm like, I'm like, why isn't it working? And if you watch my three-year-old, you can see her. She has the exact same demeanor as I do, you know? Something doesn't work. It's just like, well, maybe if I just, like, maybe if I just really, really try, you know? <laughs> and so I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm getting frustrated. I'm probably banging the controller a little bit. And he comes over, and he's like, and he probably wasn't super nice about it, to be honest, you know what I mean? He was try, trying to you know, punk me a little bit, but he's just like, you know, move over idiot, let me show you how it's done. And you know, he grabbed the controller and like, I think he grabbed one of the vines and you could like swing on the vines in the video game. And I was like, my mind was blown. I was like, what, what? But what he did there is, is, he, is he did something that I couldn't do. No matter how much time, effort, no matter how many times I did it, it didn't work. And I was just getting frustrated because I wasn't getting the results that I thought that I should have. Because I was trying really hard. I was putting all of my effort into it. And it wasn't working. But he comes over and he's older, he's smarter, he, he understands the game in a different
1: way. And he's just able to easily do it. and. I'm sitting there like, no matter what I
0: did, I couldn't solve that. And as a little kid, I was probably just frustrated. I was probably just mad because I was like, man, I just tried forever. And then you're going to come over here and, you know, big brother me. Like, what is this? But looking back at the story, there's, there's so much significance
1: to it. Because as those, <laughs> those little wobbling beetles were, were beating me up. <laughs> I didn't understand
0: that I didn't have the wherewithal. I didn't have the means. I didn't have enough to be able to do it. And whether, no matter what that person's demeanor was, the truth of the matter is, is when I handed
1: over the controller, that's when I was able to see success. And that's kind of the premise of my sermon today. It is this idea of surrender.
0: It is this idea of if we want to achieve the things that God speaks about like holiness, then we need to learn how to surrender. If you want to live a life that is glorifying to God, you have to fall deeper in love with God. You have to be willing to give him over the controller, to give him over the reins of your life. I want to jump back in to 1 Peter 1, 13 through through 16. I'm going to read that again. It says, Therefore, with your minds ready for action, be sober-minded and set your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the desires of your former ignorance. But as the one who called you is holy, you also are whole, are also to be holy in all your conduct. 16, for as it is written, be holy because I am holy. In verse 13, when you look, it says, set your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus. It doesn't say partially. It doesn't say just give it a leg and, you know, then maybe things will work out. It says you need to be completely, you need to be bought in. You need to give yourself
1: over to God's grace. And that's the revelation of Jesus Christ.
0: And then as, as, as he goes on, he says his obedient children, you know, Jesus likes to reference us as children because we have an understanding. As adults, we can look at children and be like, oh, yeah, I can see that. But sometimes when we're looking at the picture of ourselves, I just smacked my mic. Um, <laughs> as we're looking at ourselves, we have a harder time seeing the flaws. But as we're looking at someone younger, we're like, oh, yeah, duh, they, they, don't just, they, they don't get it. And we understand how to pick apart kind of what it is. And Jesus does this to us often to make us, I think, pull back and understand something that's a little deeper that maybe we wouldn't be able to see in ourselves. And it says, as obedient children, do not be conformed to the desires of your former ignorance. Don't go back there again. Don't head back to who you used to be.
1: Don't, don't, don't rely on what you used to know. But instead, forward into the future of that, that, that new knowledge you have. You know, that completeness that you're relying on me.
0: But as the one who has called you is holy, you are to be holy in all your conduct. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. The verses 14 through 16 are interesting to me and I really do believe they're widely misunderstood. I think the surface level conclusion here would be that you need to be holy because I told you to. Sometimes we look at God as a dictator in the sky rather than someone who desires to be your friend as well as your savior, as well as your king. And this isn't an I told you so command. Instead, it's much more like the idea or the imagery of if you were to you know, be hopping on stones through a river and you look back to the people or you were going through an icy pond and you were stepping certain places and you look back and say,
1: hey, follow my footsteps as I take them. Because that's the path that works.
0: That's the path that's not dangerous, right? As you're going through that those rocks on that river, You're telling people to step where you're stepping because they have an understanding that you do not have. And that is what Jesus is saying here in this passage that Peter is trying to convey to you is that Jesus
1: wants you to be holy because I am holy. He wants you to follow in step with him. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the desires of your former ignorance. He understands a path that is
0: not full of ignorance, but that has been fully illuminated. And he
1: understands far greater the journey you have ahead of you than you ever will. And so when he's telling you, be holy because I am holy,
0: saying, watch this, follow after me, get in tandem. This is much deeper than an I told you to command. God isn't saying be holy because I said so, but instead he's saying be holy because you're supposed to be like me.
1: You were born as an image carrier and to be holy doesn't mean just changing your behavior.
0: It means being transformed to be like Him and shedding off your old ignorance, that old life, because you have been made new.
1: Jesus didn't come to make good people. He came to make people good with God. He came to show His goodness and He modeled it. This is
0: what it looks like to be holy because I am holy. He came to the earth to show you exactly what it could look like to model after that. And we're going to talk in a little bit about, you know, the five things that can corrupt that holiness, can really diminish holiness. And it might surprise you where we go. But if we're to follow after the model that God has given to us, we need to grow closer to him. Because the truth is, is you'll never be able to make that, you know, Nona's spaghetti sauce like Nona can unless you spend some time with Nona.
1: All the Italians understand exactly what I'm saying right now. You need to spend time to understand
0: exactly what holiness looks like, what it is, what God desires, what it looks like to be transformed. In verse 17, it says, If you appeal to the Father who judges impartially according to each one's work, you are to conduct yourselves in reverence during your time living as strangers. For you know that you were redeemed from your empty way of life, inherited from your ancestors, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of an unblemished and spotless lamb. This is such a, <laughs> a dynamic picture Of what Jesus wanted for you. And really how you ended up where you ended up. We inherited an empty way of life. From the fall of mankind. We were born with sin in us and through
1: us. Because of a decision that was made by our descendants. Our ancestors, we would be their descendants. And because of that, we were born with sin in us.
0: And you were bought. You were bought by Jesus back. You were taken and bought with not silver and gold, but by his actual sacrifice. You were redeemed. And there's some people in chat right now that really understand what it means when I say that you were redeemed from your empty way of life. That you inherited from your ancestors. See, that empty way of life could have been the way that dad or mom brought alcoholism into the home. And you grew up in that. That empty way of life might look like the things that were being glorified in your home that weren't of God. That empty way of life that was brought to you, maybe by your family, and that you carried on. And instead of being a carrier of, of the image of Christ, you were being a carrier of your family standard. And you might have been there for a long, long time. And you were stuck with all this weight and all of this, all of this, you know, bounding, bounding suffering from a past that you might not even have realized you chose. And there's some of you that came into a relationship with Jesus that found a lot of freedom. And now when you look back at that, and when I say things like, for you know that you are redeemed from your empty way of life, that creates some fluttering in your heart because you realize what God had taken you from. And if that's you this morning, I want you to have this moment right now with Jesus as a thankful moment, as a moment to be like, man, thank God. Thank God that I'm not who I used to be. Thank God that I now get to live in this new life where I was
1: able to shed off all of those old things. It's a special moment between you and God.
0: Every single time scriptures like this are read, that's what I think of. I think of the person that I could have been had I been lived and trapped into the sin that was brought to my family or brought by my ancestors and you know with the original sin I was born into and some of us that came from you know and were forgiven much
1: understand so much more of that grace but God wants you to know that no matter what he's taken you from and
0: you might be here and be like man I've been a Christian my whole life Your battles might look a lot different than the person that really understands that family bondage that they took with them.
1: But you battle different, different demons. Your battlefield looks different than theirs. And
0: you need to start to realize when things like this are said, that God's talking about you
1: too. That he's talking about that he's seen and he bought. Not with silver and gold, but with his blood, you as well. He's taken so many of us from the place we used to be. I don't recognize
0: the person that I once was. Taking us from selfishness, from being harmful being destructive prideful full of hatred depressed lost rejected and he's breathed new life into us in verse 22 it says since you have been purified since you have purified yourselves by your obedience to the truth so that you show sincere brotherly love for each other from a pure heart love one another constantly i say this in so many meetings <laughs> love one another constantly Love one another, because you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God, for all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like a flower of the grass. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord endures forever, and this word is the gospel that was proclaimed to you. There's two very interesting perspectives in this idea of holiness. And one of the things I have here, you know, in bold is purified yourselves by your obedience to the truth.
1: Your obedience or your surrender to the truth is what purifies you.
0: And so the two, per- two perspectives that many of us are working through, and some of us have been, want- been bought into one school of thought for so long, we've kind of lost this understanding. But we need, to, we need to really have a revelation that becoming holy is not working on yourself to be better. That's not what that looks like. It's not you coming from within and, and working to make yourself better. See, we live in a very diet-heavy culture, right? And, you know, that means, you know, a very self-improving culture. You know, you read books and you're like, self-help this and self-help that. Or, you know, the diet-heavy culture says like, you know, cut this out. Stop doing that, you know. And all your weight loss problems will be solved. And if you just walk a little bit more and you do this, like. And all of it is, is cutting things out and it's stripping things away. And we live in a very subtraction culture. You know, if you want to do this, if you want to be disciplined, you need to take this and you need to do this. And really, I think God calls us to things in a certain way because it speaks to the way he created us. And I don't know about you guys, but I very much have a hard time just stripping things out of my life, right? If I like to drink soda, it's really hard for me to just stop drinking soda. And some people have the willpower to stop drinking soda. Absolutely. But for me, what change the way of you know what i was drinking more often is adding things to it so what did i do is it, i started adding more water to drinking and guess what like didn't really have room for more soda and so i didn't take soda out of my diet necessarily i just added water to it And we do this in so many different areas. We as humans have this innate thought process of relying on our own strength in order to solve our own problems. And on the opposite side, we literally make jokes about how we can't stick to anything or do anything correctly for a long period of time. I mean, January 1st is a a, a literal meme of people trying to stick to resolutions, right? Like, oh, I'm going to do this now. I'm going to like, And we fail more often than not. And I can't remember the stat and I had it um, and I can't remember it, but you know, how many people, you know, stick to new year's resolutions as, as many people that don't. And I do think that it's truly that it's that taking away idea rather than the adding to your life. And I really do believe that is when we, what works better is when we add fill in the blank so maybe it's for your diet, it's adding more vegetables, it's, it's adding more fruits, and you'll tend to lose weight better, and people see better results in sticking to things like that because there's not this taking-away nature where it's like, oh man, you're taking something, I need to try to grab it. You know, it's like, it's like the monkey's hand who can get trapped inside of a cage by putting in something like a banana because he can't get it out. And he won't let go. But instead, when we add things
1: to life we tend to stick better to it and i'm gonna put this in gaming terms for you but in valorant you might hear something like
0: tj well what you need to do is you need to stop you know running into the en- enemy team 1v5 well you know i i probably will st- keep doing that and league of legends exact same phraseology you know what i mean tj stop running into the
1: team 1v5 Daylight, like, just stop. I'm probably not going to do that. I'm probably going to keep running into them 1v5. But what
0: can I do? What, what are the things that I can add to my game to make it better? Or maybe will help me stop running into the team 1v5 because I'm adding to it. And so I'll, I'll stop, you know, face-checking bushes in League of Legends when I, I probably learned a ward. So maybe instead of thinking of, Just stop going into the team. You start thinking of, what can I do? Well, I can add wards to my game. And guess what? My gameplay will get better because I'll now know there's five people there and I won't face check and run into 1v5. Or in Valorant, you know, it's like, well, TJ, like you just need to stop peeking corners so wide. Well, I'm I'm not going to just stop peeking corners. That's not what's going to work.
1: Maybe, though, I can add jiggle peeking into my gameplay. And that's going to stop me from getting killed so many times from wide peeking. Maybe I need to add just 10 minutes of aim practice before I jump into a game. I think addition for us as humans works better than subtraction. And subtraction only comes when we replace something with something better. And that better in this case, in this equation, is Jesus.
0: Becoming holy is falling into a deeper relationship with Jesus. Adding Him to your life in a multitude of ways. So Christian, I'm, I'm not telling you to take away playing video games. I'm not telling you to take away from, you know, whatever else it is that you're doing in your life. What I'm asking you to do, what I'm pleading for you to do is to start to add Jesus more. And you might be like, well, what can that look like? Well, that can look like attending a small group, right? Joining one of the XP groups that are doing absolutely amazing things. That can look like you adding more Bible reading to your day or maybe starting for the first time. That can look like you praying and adding Jesus into your day that way. And the truth is, is I really do believe that as we add Jesus into our lives, what ends up happening is that those other things start to become less desirable. Your entire life, the only cake you've ever eaten is plain, no flavor, dry, biscuit type cake. And then one day I introduce you to, I mean, like a homemade raspberry cream, like we're talking decadent cake. The way that you used to see that old cake and the way that you see this new cake will change, right? You probably will tend to go towards this new thing that's better more often. And that old cake tends to drift away. When I'm in Valorant, I'm going to tend to jiggle peek more often if it makes my KDA better. And I'm going to stop wide peeking so much. In League of Legends, I'm going to end up placing my ward in the bush, and it's going to stop me from dying so much, and my teammates are going to actually say, Hey, Daley, you did a good job. And it's going to make me tend to move my behavior in such a way. And I believe that same principle is true for the way that we conduct our lives with God. The more we put into us of Jesus the better the results will be. Becoming holy is falling into a deeper relationship with him. And holiness will never be achieved by your sacrifice. Because no matter how much you give up, No matter how much you do, how much you sacrifice, no matter if you give everything you have, your time, your talent, your treasure, the truth is you don't have enough to give. You can't cover the cost. You can't cover the price of what holiness costs because you don't have enough in you. You correcting your behavior is not enough to cover the cost. Holiness will never be achieved by your sacrifice. It can only be achieved by your surrender. I'm going to say that one more time. Holiness will never be achieved by your sacrifice. It will only be achieved by your surrender in who you surrender to. You might have been surrendering to a lot of things in your life. And a lot of those things have not been life-giving. You might have been surrendering to porn addiction. You might have been surrendering to drug addiction. You might have been surrendering to your addiction to depression. You might have been surrendering to a lot of things that are holding you back. Whether it be your anger, your laziness. But guess what? There's only one person that you can truly surrender to that will change the fabric of your being and will allow you to become holy. Will allow you to live your life set apart. And His name is Jesus. When you surrender to Him, because guess what? He has the money in the bank you don't have. He can cover the cost of what it costs to be holy. Only in that relationship with Him. Will you truly, truly, truly be able to find holiness? So what does it mean to be holy? It means to be His. Because the truth is, if you're surrendering... To him you are moving into holiness verse 20 says he was foreknown before the foundation of the world but was revealed in these last times for you through him you believe in God who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God You might be here today and not know who Jesus is. You might have just stumbled upon this channel randomly. You might have had a friend invite you. It might be your first time ever hearing this. But Jesus loves you. And he knew you and saw you before you were ever even a thought in your mother or your father's mind. And he came to the earth so that you could have new life so that you could have a reconciled relationship with God, so that you could get to know your creator, so that you could have true purpose, true meaning, and so that your eternity could change. The truth is Jesus didn't come to earth so you could be a better human. Jesus came so that you could have a new, better life with him. If you want that in your life today, if you want to accept Jesus into your heart, it is an act of surrender. It's counting the cost of placing your faith that He is Jesus, that He is God and surrendering to Him. If that's you today and you want to make that step, I want to pray with you and not because my prayers have any like mystical sense. Like I'm not magical in any way. I'm just a guy, but I might have some words that you don't have yet. So if that's you today, would you pray with me? And as I pray, would you pray after me? The words that I say only if you want, to enter into a relationship with Jesus. I promise you it'll change everything. Will not always be easy, but it'll be worth it. I want to pray. If you would pray with me, Jesus. I put my faith in you. Would you be my king? I ask you to forgive me of the life I've previously lived but today I want to turn over a new leaf I want to follow after you so I place my faith in you today and I surrender my heart to you as king In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If that was you and you took that step today, I want to celebrate with you. You can DM me on Discord. You can find me in there. My name is Daylight. I'm right there in the Discord. I mean, you can easily connect in one of the forums if if, if that's what you want to do. If someone wants to put the command in chat. And not because I want anything from you. I really don't. I just want you to understand the step that you've taken. And we would love to talk with you through that. You can actually find me in the new guest chat after this if you want. Or one of our pastors. I think actually somebody else is doing a new guest chat today. Pastor Bozes. And so if you just want to talk about what that means, what that could look like, you might be really confused on what, what this whole journey might look like. We want to be there for you. We want to help you. And most of all, we want to celebrate with you because the decision to follow Jesus is worth celebrating. So can we get some hype in the chat for everybody that said yes to Jesus today? There's five threats to your holiness. And this is kind of the challenge I guess I have for everybody that would say they are Christian. These are the things to be aware of. And then we're going to end in a few minutes. The five threats are, number one is you. It's thinking you can replace God in the process with your ability or your hard work. Number two is relativism, Believing that there's no absolutes, that God is the absolute, but God is the absolute authority. In you, as a Christian, you can't believe there is no absolutes. Because God is the absolute authority. Number three would be tolerance. And you might be like, whoa, 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 whoa. what do you saying? It's the idea that there's more than one way to Jesus. There's not. It's the thought that there has to be more options. That belief see- see- seeks to rob God of his glory. And in Isaiah 48, 11, it says, God says, my glory I will not give to another. So we have you, we have relativism, we have tolerance, we have liberty. Liberty, otherwise known as anti-nominism, you don't need another word. <laughs> I put it there to make myself sound smart, I guess. But really it just means against the law. It says that God's law is entirely abolished by grace. Humanity is no longer expected to cherish and keep God's law. And this makes way for license to abuse grace and so our enemy would like to see grace abused and where relativism dilutes holiness liberty dirties holiness and liberty is fostered by foolishness and god rescues holiness from liberty's ruin in romans 7:12 by saying so the law is holy and the commandment is holy and righteous and good though we are incapable of keeping god's law It does not mean that we should not long to keep it. And that is the same thing with holiness. Even though we are not able to be holy on in ourselves only through him, right? There should still be a longing in our heart to keep it here. We are prone to ruin holiness with another abuse. And the last one to be wary of is legalism. And it's the flip side of liberty. Legalism has two parts. Legalism is not attempting to keep the law of God. It's assuming that we can keep it. Legalism says God's acceptance, if found in keeping God's law, it's impossible. But if that were the case, God's grace in Christ's death, resurrection, all the implications is nullified. If we were able to keep God's law, we wouldn't have needed Jesus. We are unable. And that's talked about in Galatians 2, 19 through 21. Legalism's also when people make new laws and parade them as God's laws and expect others to keep law- those laws. And that's caused by a lot of Christians who really brooded out of fear. And so my challenge really to you, Christian, is keep a lookout. To examine your life. The things that are threatening threatening holiness, are they in you? Is it you? Is it relativism? Is it tolerance? Is it liberty? Is it legalism? And if so, you need to root those things out and give them up to God. For you that would say, no, those things aren't me, Have the words to speak it because it matters. And if you take anything from this sermon today, I would hope that it's this, that you will not become holy by trying harder to be better. But holiness will be found when you learn to surrender and realize your life is not your own. It's God's. In gamer terms, It's not about hitting the restart on the level you keep failing and trying again and again until you finally beat it, but rather it's learning how to hand off the controller or the mouse and keyboard and allowing someone that designed the game to show you how it's done. One is motivated by focusing on building up yourself. The other is focusing on becoming less so that he can become more. If no one told you they love you today, I love you with my whole heart.
2: Well, congratulations to those of you that have accepted Jesus Christ in their life for the first time. Once again, if somebody wants to put next level in the chat, you can click on that link if you just did. So we want to give you some resources. We want to be able to connect with you and be able to answer any questions that you do have. So don't hesitate to do that. But also guys, we're going to go into a time of offering right now. And hey, I want you to know if this is your first time here, we don't expect anything from you, but we want everything for you. That So that is completely okay. We want you. Guys guys to receive, but if you do call God Squad Church your home church, if this is where you're you're being edified, if this is the place that you come to really receive, um, and like I said, you call God Squad Church your home church, we do fully believe in a form of worship, which is giving to God. We do believe that what we have is something that God has given to us, and the reason why the Bible tells us to steward it well is because we actually don't own what it is that we have, It's something that God gave to us and we believe that full we believe fully that there is a lot of faith, especially when it comes to finances, because God has asked us to give and to give generously to him. But we also believe that what God put in his word that he's gonna continue providing for us. And let me tell you. It's been some scary times for me and my wife, but we continue to give over and over and over and God continues to show himself uh, true to his promise of being able to provide and be able to provide abundantly as well. And so... Like I said, we're going we're gonna to show a video in just a couple of seconds of multiple safe and secure ways on how to give. But I just wanted to thank you for your faithfulness and generosity, because every time that you guys are giving, this allows us to continue doing everything we do here at God Squad Church. God bless you as you give. Here at
0: God Squad Church, there are multiple safe and secure ways for you to give. You can give by clicking on the panel below to give a one-time or monthly donation via card or PayPal. You can also go to our website, godsquadchurch.com give and set up a one-time or monthly donation of any amount. Lastly, you can text any amount to the number 84321 to set up a quick and easy way to give. Because of you, we are able to share the gospel with gamers around the
1: world. No matter what amount you're giving, thank you for your generosity.